everybody. Welcome to the Shadows of the Moon podcast. Where we talk everything paranormal, cryptid, UFO, the strange, and the bizarre. And we hope that you join along with us. Today's stories are absolutely wild, and I want to hear your thoughts and takes. So join us in our community. All the links are down below. So let's get started. Let's have some fun. Let's get creeped out. Are you ready? everybody what's going on welcome to the shadows of the moon podcast we are talking paranormal talk today well paranormal cryptid ufo i don't know what you would call this we're talking about the reptilians today so sit back and get comfy grab your favorite drink and snack and shall we delve into the stories. If you are new here, welcome. It's always a pleasure to have a new person in chat. If you are a returning visitor, you guys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for supporting the show. As always, if you are listening on the podcast portion of this, I invite you to come on over to the live shows. Right now, I'm trying to figure out when we're going to do this. (laughs) Everything keeps changing in my world. It's all for good, though. So, as the time goes on, I'll figure it out. I always do, right? So, again, today we are talking about reptoids, reptilians, reptoid people. I don't know. (laughs) So, let's go ahead and get into it. Reptoids, reptilians, lizard people, no matter what you prefer to call them, such a rare race of creatures have been been spoken about for centuries. Did they exist? Do they still exist? Now, the pictures and everything that I'm going to share, they will be all over on the Discord, guys. I am putting everything on the Discord. Um, it's probably a lovely mess back there. But it's a it's a beautiful mess, right? Isn't that what they call it? A beautiful mess? <laughs> um, so if you're looking for the p- pictures that I'm talking about when I'm doing my podcast, they will be over on the Discord. Come join us. Shadows of the Moon. The link will be down in the description. Anyway. Did they exist, and do they still exist? Somewhat like the ancient giant's conundrum, 
much is discussed in the arena of cryptozoology buffs, right? Meet Mr. Crocodile Man. The Egyptians called him Sobek, and the Greeks called him Suchos. He had a head like a crocodile and a headdress of feathers. For the Egyptians, he was associated with the Nile and fertility to the land. Of course, water being a precious commodity, right? Under Los Angeles, California, there is said to be an elaborate city built by reptilians. In 1933, a geophysicist and mining engineer named G. Warren Sheffield said he invented an x-ray machine and was able to pick up on these tunnels. This was said to run from Alasian Park to Central Library. He said this race of lizard beings, or lizard-like beings, were related to the Mayans and had to take to the underground where they stole, stored their gold. Some say that these reptilians come from Hollow Earth, a concept most of you know and heard of because we've talked about it. But it's a concept that there's another world beneath ours within the protective shell of the Earth. And upon occasion, people have reported encountering these reptilians in caves in Missouri and Germany and other locations around the world. Reports detail small flying vehicles with the caves utilized by this advanced race. Advanced, I sounded like a, uh, I don't know what I sounded like, but advanced a race. <laughs> Let's try this again. Reports detail small flying vehicles with the caves utilized by this advanced race and the ability to walk through walls. Some bicyclists in the desert of Tucson, Arizona had their own encounter with a lizard person. Of course, there have always been some popular memes and speculation comparing some of today's influential figures and possibility that they are reptilian. In Edgar Sweet's Men in Black movie reference, these spectaculars, or speculators, sorry, say that they are penetrating our society to affect change for the bad. Some potential lizard people have included pop stars like Taylor Swift, or even the England's monarchy, and Barack Obama. And then there is a banker in his 50s right, who decided to spend $75,000 to have implants be castrated and remove his ears so he can become reptilian. Like the psychologist said, who, quite, who said quite frankly, I wish to be a giraffe. I can have surgery resembling a giraffe, but I'm never going to be a giraffe. It's rather than playing pretend you're a dog at Halloween, but not realizing that one is play acting a fun role versus actually having a life from genetics and action since birth that defines his species. So do reptilians exist today? Did they ever exist? Certainly the earth has great conditions for this type of man to exist millions of years ago in a time when dinosaurs ran roamed the earth and a warm tropical 
weather prevail. If I were trying to defend this concept, I would likely point out that man has adopted many times to many environments, such as the Neanderthals, with his large eyes and bulky, hard-working frame, being adapted to high ele elevations and northern climate controls. Not climate controls. This is like the third time I've said this. Cold climate. Northern cold climates. <laughs> but not lasting the thaw out at the end of the Pleistocene. Do I personally believe that they are possible? Hey, I'm humble enough to admit that I can't prove that they don't exist. So, like Schrodinger's cat, until these fellows are observed, they both do and don't exist. Right? Much of my research, the method I use, involves how to prove and disprove both sides of a possibly unexplained entity. This keeps me honest, right? It keeps me honest in my research as I have nothing invested in the outcome. And it makes me constantly have to be on my toes to defend or convict a concept. Not that I do or not that people come at me, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I have to know both sides. I'm a Libra, right? <laughs> so, with that being said, I want to share some of these stories. Now, we're going to talk about 10, at least 10 modern day sightings. But I want to tell you this one story that was on Reddit. About coming across and having a deadly encounter. Okay. Rodan, there are creatures living beneath Superstition Mountain. I don't really know where to start. I've never posted here before. And I actually, if I'm honest, I only made it to get answers. I guess I'll start by saying my best friend died four months ago. Four months back while we were on a climbing expedition. His name was Patrick. And we grew up together in a small town, Superior, Arizona. Contrary to, um, to its name, Superior, is pretty inferior. It's small, nondescript, and generally what you would expect of a small town in the middle of a desert. The only interesting thing about it is that several movies have been filmed here in the past, though nothing recently. It also has the one perk. It's close to the Superstition Mountains. There's about 30 minutes to an hour outside of Superior, depending on the traffic and such. Before he died, Patrick and I liked to climb. When we were little, we scaled trees and had birthday parties at rock climbing places. And when we were older, we'd climb the many mountains around our hometown. So naturally, we made more than one trip out to Superstitions. But one trip out there was different. It was the time nothing had seemed off. Or at the time, nothing had seemed off. You know, just a typical day. We made plenty of our trips out to the mountains, so we had no reason to think that one time would be different or any less safe, for the lack of a better word. But it was. Anyways, like I said, day happened was in September. 
September in Arizona is pretty warm, so we figured we'd go for a hike. The superstitions were our place of choice that day. Our first mistake was taking a different trail than the one that we usually did. Patrick said he found a route to a different part of the east side of the mountains, so we'd, where we'd never climbed before. It was about a mile or two up the main path we usually took. Only two hours into walking that trail to no avail did Patrick tell me that, oops, we're lost. <laughs> we were considering just going home when I made one false step and the ground gave way beneath me, sending me plummeting about 15 feet below the earth. I had a couple scrapes and bruises and, a hurt, and I hurt my ankle, which made me most unable to climb. We weighed our options with me in the hole and eventually decided that our best option was for Patrick to come down with me and find an alternative exit. Before you criticize this decision, which I now realize was idiotic, we had our reasons for doing this. The first being I couldn't climb out of the hole, even with our equipment because of my ankle, and Patrick couldn't haul my weight up all alone. So we decided against Patrick going back for help because the walk back would have taken until dark. And the desert at night is both cold and swarmed by predators. Also, the trail we were on wasn't on the map. So it's more than likely we would have gotten us in trouble if any park rangers found out. So Patrick came down to the hole with me. Upon some investigating, we realized that there was other hollowed out tunnels in the holes that led deeper underground. So thinking that someone else had already explored the past or slash cave system, whatever, had found an exit. So we, defy, we decided to follow the tunnels. The first thing we noticed was that the tunnels stank. There was a putrid smell in the air. I don't know how to describe it other than to say to smell like stagnant water. The still dirty water you would find in a swamp or a creek. If you smelled it, then you know what it, I mean. If you smelled it before, you know what I mean. It's an awful smell, one that smells of rot and filth. But the smell rose the question, was there water somewhere in the tunnels? In the middle of the desert, no less. Now, not knowing what to make of it, we continued on. The tunnels seemed to get darker and darker, and our only source of light was two small flashlights we'd brought in case we weren't home before nightfall. As we continued walking, sure enough, we came across a small pool of water, which was definitely the source of the nasty smell. It was a murky greenish color and we considered throwing one of our ropes down to see how deep it was. We didn't get the chance though because around then the noises began. They were subtle at first, small little yips and chirps in the distance, so quiet that neither of us really mentioned them. We didn't get much further beyond the water before they started getting louder. We got a clear idea of what the sound was then. And I swear to God, sometimes at night, when all is quiet, 
I still hear those fucking noises. It was almost like a clinking noise. It even sounded non-living at first. But each clack was punctuated by a hiss or a growl or some sort of utter noise that was definitely the source of an animal or creature or something living. By then we were scared shitless and we didn't know what to do. We were so far into the tunnels that going back would take at least an hour. But we knew that we sure as hell weren't going any further. The noises got increasingly frequent and they sounded like if they were getting closer. We started tracing our steps back, hoping to reach the hole I originally fell down. We didn't make it that, but we didn't make it that far though. Or rather, Patrick didn't. A thing sprang out of the darkness and latched onto Patrick's back. He screamed, and by the time I turned around, I was just a few steps in front of him. The creature was already dragging him back into the darkness. I got a glimpse of it, though I wish I hadn't. It was all white, so white that we probably wouldn't even needed flashlights to see it in the dark. It had no eyes, like most cave dwellers, and it had a horrid mouth. A horrible, awful mouth. Imagine an, angler's fi an anglerfish mouth. That's what this thing's mouth resembled. I didn't see its arms or hands, but I'm guessing it had claws because Patrick left a trail of blood in the dirt as he dragged him away. Dragged him away screaming and the creature screeching like a banshee. I ran after them. But a few yards ahead, the tunnel split into three tunnels. I tried going up a little farther down each, but I didn't hear anything or see anything, so after about an hour, I gave up. I felt numb at the time. Nothing. No fear. No sadness. No nothing. My mind reasoned that Patrick was probably already dead. And that soon, basically, I would be too if I didn't leave. So that's what I did. I returned to the hole where I originally began and waited for sunrise. As it was now dark, hoping someone on the surface would find me before the creatures did. In the morning, a park ranger indeed found me and assisted me out of the hole with a team of other rangers. It turned out that they did indeed patrol that part of the mountains because other people like me had fallen into ditches and holes and somehow even gone missing completely. Afterwards, I told them that I lost my friend in the tunnels below. They looked at me strangely and asked, What tunnels? Turns out when they went down in the hole, the tunnels had been covered in dirt, as if they were never there to begin with. They said I probably just dreamt it or imagined the tunnels being there. The desert was searched for weeks, and when they found nothing of note, the search was closed and Patrick presumed dead. And that was the end of it. Patrick's parents didn't want to talk about it. No one did, it seemed. No one wanted to remember him or the accident, as they called it. So I haven't had the chance to tell anyone the story until now. I'm sorry for the lack of climax or anything like that, but I'm telling you this exactly how it happened.
One second, Patrick was there with me, and the next, he wasn't. That's the end of it. I'm sorry I don't have any pictures or anything like that. I haven't found it in me to venture back to the desert since that day. But I didn't type this all the way down to just let it out. If I could, <laughs> I would never talk about this experience ever again. Not even think about it. But I need help. The things I see, the thing is, I never saw Patrick die. I saw him get taken, but I didn't see him die. Was he still, what if he's still down there? Waiting for help, praying that someone will save him, cursing me for leaving him. It seems unlikely. What if it's true that he's still alive? What if I'm really just abandoning him? That brings me to my question, my real reason for posting this. What do I do? Should I go back and see? Should I tell the authorities, knowing that they won't take me seriously? Should I tell Patrick's parents or just let them believe their son died in some tragic accident? I don't know. The guilt is tearing me up to pieces. I just want closure. I want an answer. So what do you think happened? Because the mystery continues. But given the kind of life on the planet during the epoch of dinosaurs, if an intelligent Iraq standing counterpart to us existed, they would likely be designed like these guys, right? So that's that. Now, let's talk about the 10 modern-day sightings of reptilian humanoids. I really feel sorry for that guy. I mean, not knowing. And I'm sure it's tearing him up. But what do you do in a situation like that? What do you do? I mean, he's right. You can't... How do you tell people about that? Seriously. I'm glad he found some way to at least get it off his chest. You know what I mean? It doesn't solve anything, but at least he had some place to write it and not be, I'm sure he was judged, but you know what I mean. So let's go on to the 10 modern day sightings of reptilian humanoids. Now, as soon as usually the subject of reptilians is brought up, most people just roll their eyes, right? They state how crazy all that stuff is and possibly mention, you know, David Ick, which I actually like David Ick. I just don't like his views, how uh, everything, I don't know. When it comes to politics, I get where they're coming from. I totally get it. Um, but I'm just not like one-sided, if that makes sense. I'm not one-sided on anything like that. So, because I don't know. I don't know the truth. So I can't go, you know, I can say, oh yeah, I can understand why you think that. But some people just take it over the edge. And I think David Icke is one of them. David X, sorry, is one of them that goes a little too far. But I digress. You know, what are you going to do? Um, 
but some of his theories I can understand. Totally get with. That's just me. You know, and all of that might be true, but there are plenty of examples in mythology and ancient texts that speak of serpent gods and lizard people who live deep within the earth. Perhaps more stranger is that there's still alleged sightings of these reptilians, humanized creatures today. So number 10 on the list is devil creature of Sandung Cave. When it was discovered in 1995, the Sandung Cave, I don't know if I'm saying that right, was said to be so large that it could, couldn't be fully explored at the time. It was over 150 meters, which is 492 feet high, a few hundred meters, which is 656 feet wide, and 6.5 kilometers, which is 4 miles in length. It was open to the public for tours in 2013. Since then, there have been several reports of strange creatures lurking within the cave systems. On January 2015, a video appeared on YouTube that claimed to show a picture of the reptilian creature. It was taken by one of the cave's visitors, who described it as a devil creature. That it that had a human-like body and face that was more akin to a dragon or a lizard. The sighting is particularly interesting when put along an alleged account that appears on the, another website regarding the American military unit that was based in South Vietnam, close to the same caves in 1970. The report claimed that a two meter, which is seven feet, upright lizard humanoid was spotted near the entrance of the cave. The unit eventually opened fire on the creature, but it appeared that it escaped unhurt as no body or signs that it was wounded were ever found. The anonymous soldier stated that his unit was not debriefed about the incident, which led him to believe that it was either unreported or it was simply hushed up. Which happens so much, right? Especially, I'm sure, when it comes to lizard people or reptilians. You know, nobody wants to say, hey, I saw a reptilian. Because, first of all, you're scared as hell. Like, what the hell did I just see? And second, who the hell's going to believe you? Right? That's why I have this channel. Man, let me tell you, we've had some strange stories. But, you know, when you have an encounter like that, your mind goes into overdrive. People forget that. Especially investigators, and I've said this many times before, investigators of this stuff forget what it's like when we first started out. Now, I first started out messing around with stuff when I was like 16 years old, right? And I remember I believed in everything. Something creepy happened and I loved it. But I believed in it and I was scared as hell over it. Right? Now, not so much. <laughs> I'm pushing 50. It don't scare me that much anymore. Don't get me wrong. I do have jump scares. Or when something happens, like that toy going off. If you haven't seen my YouTube, that toy going off. I'm like, what the hell is that? But I get scared of stupid shit too. 
like my Discord. I'd like to leave it to where um, it plays it. Um, it's text to speech. You know what I mean? Sorry, couldn't think of what the hell I was thinking about. So every once in a while, I'll put that on and I'll forget that I put it on. So I'm like in the bathroom and I hear somebody's this strange voice coming from my bedroom talking and I'm like, uh, then I realize what it is. <laughs> you know, I have those moments, you know, but what can I say? But I mean, seriously, when you, you see something like this, a reptilian especially, and you ha you're not into this, you don't research it, you don't talk about it. You don't, it's not a daily thing like it is for us, right? Where do you turn? Because you don't know. That's why I love to have open doors of people getting, if I can't answer questions for people, whether it be in paranormal UFO or cryptids, I have people, great, amazing, awesome people around me that I will go to or put them in touch with to figure out what's going on. That's why my stuff is always an open door. Anyway, let's get back to the conversation. Sorry guys, I'm rambling a little bit there. It's been a while since I've talked to you guys. <laughs> so, you know. But anyway, number nine is the Sonoran, I'm probably saying this wrong, Sonoran Desert. I know I know it. Swan Desert. I know it sounds familiar. It's in Arizona. When cycling the 24 hours, a 27-kilometer, 17-mile trail through the Seren Desert in Arizona, three mountain bike cyclists spotted a strange creature when they stopped for a short break. While one of the cyclists, Michael, took a toilet break, the other spotted what they described as a 2-meter, which is 6-foot, very skinny creature that appeared to walk with an awkward gait. Michael returned and gasped at the sight, causing the creature to turn its head towards the trio. Right there, that's when I would be freaked out. If something turned and looked at me. Yeah, no, I'm out. Um, it appeared to be observing them. So the cyclist described it, it, its eyes as being snake-like. Black with yellow stripe in the middle. The creature was covered in green and red scales and had two holes in its face where the nose would have been. It appeared to have a red pattern around its mouth and it didn't seem to have any visible ears. The creature suddenly turned and scampered out of the sight of the three cyclists. I mean, there you go. Number eight is the Scrape or Lizard Man. The Scrape or Swamp sits in Bishopville, South Carolina. It's a small town of only a few thousand people. It is also home to a two meter tall, which is seven foot, red eyed reptilian like monster known as the Lizard Man. One of the first recorded sightings came in 1988 teenager at the time, Christopher Davis, was driving along a road next to the Scrape Ore Swamp when he was forced to pull over and change a flat tire. 
Davis claimed that the creature came out of the woodland and attempted to attack him while he was working on his tire. It had, it had scaly green skin with long fingers that ended up in sharp claws. Fortunately, the Dave, fortunately for Davis, he managed to get back into his car and drive away. As recently as 2015, another sighting was reported when Sarah Barra was leaving church and spotted a strange creature walking into the woods. Barra managed to take some photographs of the alleged creature. Again, all these photos will be on my Discord, which is the link is in the description. And the evidence was widely ridiculed, with one with one internet user describing as it looks like Scooby-Doo villain. Barra replied, My hand to God, I'm not making this up. Several months prior to Barra sighting, a local man reporting seeing a dark creature walk out of the woods and cross the scrape or bridge. Another man captured 24 seconds of footage of strange creature in the woods near scrape or swamp. Before ending the footage abruptly, when it appeared that the creature had noticed him. He claimed that he had shot the footage in May of 2015 while hunting, but he'd kept it secret, even from his wife, for fear of being labeled as crazy. Only when Bera came forward in her story did he volunteer the video, which I don't blame. I don't blame him one so... one... Look at... Look at... She put her stuff online and look at the criticism she got. Duh! People wonder why nobody wants to show this stuff. So, only when Barra came forward did he volunteer the video. Several years later, Bob and Dixon Rawson claimed to local media that they had discovered a bite and a claw marks on their vehicle that had bent the metal. It basically bent the metal like a piece of paper. They also claimed that several of their cats had recently gone missing and their blankets were shredded to pieces. So there you go. Number seven. In March of 1972 in Loveland, Ohio, some of you guys know this story, there was two separate sightings of a strange reptile-like creature that become known as the Loveland Frogman. Both sightings were made by an Ohio police officers and both took a lot of ridicule for the results. After an hour, an hour after midnight on March 3rd, 1972, Officer Ray Shockey was driving on Twightwee Road and saw what he thought was a dog on the side of the road. As Shockey pulled over, the creature stood up and looked directly at him its eyes gleaming from the car lights. Then it leapt over the guardrail and headed to a little, uh, headed to Little Miami River. Shockey reported that it was around one meter or four feet tall with the face of a frog or a lizard and it appeared to have leathery skin. He returned to the scene a little while later with fellow officer Mark Matthews to investigate further. They found the scrape marks on the embankment of the river but no monster. Two weeks later, Officer Matthews himself witnessed the creature while driving out on the outskirts of Loveland. 
he noticed what he thought was roadkill in the middle of the road, so he pulled his car over with the intention of dragging it to the side of the road. As he exited the vehicle, the creature got up from a crouched position like a football player before heading to the guardrail. Matthews stated that the creature kept looking at him until it disappeared over the edge. Matthews discharged his weapon at it, but missed. Before he knew it, it was gone. By the time investigators Ron Schuffner and Richard McKay looked into the case in 2001, Officer Matthews expressed doubts about everything he witnessed. Which makes sense, because you do that. You fight with yourself. Like, what the hell did I say? I couldn't have seen that. No, it had to be something else. You put, you self-doubt yourself. You do. That's just what you do. You're human. You know, so. Interesting, interesting. What do you guys think about these? The next, number six, is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Also known as the Louisiana Wookiee, the, the swap, yeah, swap, the swamp monster sighting back, <laughs> dates back to 1963. Honey Island Swamp is said to be one of the largest areas in the United States that have not been compromised by the modern way of life. Consequently, it is home to numerous amounts of wildlife and covers over 283 square kilometers, which of course is 110 square miles. Harlan Ford and Billy Mills made the first detailed sighting in 1974 when they claimed to have found several wild boars that had their throats ripped open. Now, I don't know if you guys know about wild boars. I mean, we don't have them in New York or Alaska or anything, but I know those things are tough to freaking take down. I know hunters and wild boars are no freaking joke. I'd rather, well, I can't say that I'd rather take on a bear than a wild boar, but it's like different. Bears come at you, you know you're getting screwed up. Like, but wild boars, like, they hunt you and they're mean little mothers. But anyway... They had their throats ripped open. They also claimed that they had found claw-like footprints that showed webbed feet. Maybe it was a platypus. That's a, that was a cryptid. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the which Ford managed to take a plaster mold of. The footprint was examined by Louisiana State University experts as well as State Wildlife Commission and was determined to be genuine. Although, it could not be identified as any known animal. Given the depth of the imprint, the weight of the creature was estimated at around 400 pounds. Legends state that the eyes of the beast are reptilian and red. And aside from the web-like feet, it also has a tail that stands around 7 feet tall. Oh, it also has a tail and, you know... The way you say things is very important because <laughs> that was a long tail. Um, so it has also has a tail and it stands around seven feet tall. A video was shot by Harlan Ford that surfaced in the late eight, 1980s, several years after his death, and led other investigators to suggest that it was not reptilian, but it was more of a Sasquatch or a big, Bigfoot. 
I'll look for this video. And uh, if I find it, it'll be on my Discord. Number five. Reptilian photographed in vehicle. Sorry, I'm kind of looking at this photo that's shown, but I don't know. In eight, April of 2015, an unnamed man claimed to have not only seen a reptilian humanoid, but caught a photograph of it inside a moving Kia Spectra vehicle. The man took the picture while driving behind the car, and when he examined it later, he claimed to be able to see a reptilian face staring back at him. Okay, that's what I thought. At the car's rear view mirror. Originally, he made the report to MUFON, which is Mutual UFO Network, if you didn't know, and provided his pictures to them. He claimed that he was taking a picture of the monster decal on the back of a car, when he, but when he looked at the pictures later, he did not realize that he had photographed, what he had photographed. He claimed that after adjusting the contrast of the picture, he could make out heavy eyelids as well as scaly protrusions on the creature's forehead, which also showed that the figure had appeared to be frowning. He claimed to have taken the picture in February 2015, but he has studied it for several weeks before deciding to volunteer it and his story to move on. Number four. My all-time favorite, <laughs> Men in Black turn into reptilians. Now, you guys know I've talked extensively about Men in Black and how I'm scared one day that Men in Black are going to come and get me. <laughs> but I don't know if they're around anymore. Not that I want to find out. <laughs> Just putting that out there. But Men in Black tend to... I believe that there's two, two Men in Black groups. One that's not human and one that is human. The Men in Black is basically like, you know, a Majestic 12 up there group um, in the military, in the government. Um, but the other ones, the other Men in Black are definitely, the way they act, are not human. So, an event that is thought to be the first ever recorded reptilian account outside of the United States occurred in 1980 in Santa Paulo, Brazil. The account came courtesy of Antoine, Antonio Juanez, a respected science journalist who had many contacts in South America and was always informed of a strange events that transpired there. Months before the incident, the witness claimed that they had been followed by three men who were dressed in black suits. One evening, a dark car pulled up to his house, and against his will, he got into the car and was driven to a remote area. The, the car halted when they were underneath a large object that hovered overhead. The three men and the witness exited the vehicle, and as they walked underneath the airborne craft, they were enveloped in a beam of light. Once they were inside the craft and strapped to a chair, the witness stated that the three men appeared to have shed their skin and transformed themselves into reptilian humanoids with green, scaly skin and heart-shaped heads. He also stated that at one point he managed to glimpse inside another room on the craft and saw human corpses that had been hung by their feet. 
After that, his next memory was being back outside his home, aside from remembering the creature speaking to him about upcoming global events, he had no other memory of the incident. Yeah, those are, I believe, that could definitely be the men in black, the alien men in black. Um, that The ones that you look at and you're like, that, even though it looks human, is not human. <laughs> Those are the ones I'm scared of. The men in black in the military, government, not so much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Number three is the Austrian cave reptilians. And before I get into that, let me just say other um, stories that I've heard about the men in black. Was, that was one of the ones that they could do. Sorry. My mind's all, all over the place. Um, was forcefully basically make you mind control you is basically it. That they were mind control. And I think maybe that's why I'm so scared of things. That's why I don't like do drugs or drink a lot is because I do not like to not be in control of my body. So maybe that's why I'm so terrified of them and scared of the mind control. It's because I do not even, you know, I've smoked weed before. I've drank before, um, obviously. But I don't like it that much because I'm not in control of my body when I do that. And I don't like that, right? I don't know why I just repeated that again. But anyway, <laughs> so therefore, like I said, maybe that's why I'm so fearful of them. I don't know. I don't know. But ever since the first story I ever heard of Men in Black, it creeped me out. Or seeing the pictures of Men in Black, they've just creeped me out. What's your guys' take on that? All right, number three, the Austrian cave reptilians. As an expert and investigator of cave systems in Austria, the Czech Republic and Poland Gregor claim to have witnessed a reptilian in the old salt mine cave, caves of North Austria in May of 2011. He estimated that he was around 50 meters, which is 164 feet below the surface and was taking cave chippings to be studied. That's when Gregor heard strange voices coming from close by. He stopped and listened to the sound until the voices appeared to stop. Ignoring them, he moved farther through the cave and into the chamber where he smelled a rotting odor. Suddenly, he heard the voices again. A little spooked, Gregor decided to turn back and exit the chamber as quickly as he could. But as he did, he turned his head to look behind him and saw with horror that a light appeared to be illuminating the previous dark room. One light became several and Gregor finally got the glimpse of what was he saw what was carrying them. He stated that several muscular lizard-like creatures standing upright now occupied the previous empty chamber. He stated that one seemed to wear what he appeared to be a, a uniform, and that they had their tails that were swinging behind them. They appeared to be talking to each other in a language that he did not know but which 
still sounded similar to human speech. The creatures did not seem to notice Gregor, who, as quickly as he could, made his way out of the caves and into the safety of the ground above. Want to go cave dwelling? Let's go find some lizards. Not that I really want to, but... I don't know. If you had offered the chance to go visit a cave that might have one of these lizard people in it, would you? That's my question for you today. If you knew that there was a cave that could possibly have lizard people or reptilians, whatever you want to call them, living in them, would you take the chance to go find them? Let me know. Let me know in the comments below. Number two is reptilian in the room. Wes Penry from Oregon claims that his reptilian encounter began when he woke up one night and noticed that the room had suddenly turned icy cold. As he fully awoke, he realized that he couldn't move and that he was paralyzed in bed. Then Penry noticed an extreme muscular green humanoid with red eyes in the room with him. At the time, he stated that he can only describe it as a demon. But then he realized that what he saw matched other descriptions of reptilians. He remembered a spine sticking out of the creature's skin, and it was around seven feet tall. It's been, that's very consistent. The seven feet tall is very consistent, if you've noticed. It's build was much wider and more muscular than that of any standard human being. The creature stared at Pen before suddenly speeding towards him, wrapping his hands around his neck and choking him. Penry stated that the creature was growling and roaring during the attack. Penry claimed that the reptile-like beings literally sucked the life energy out of him. So basically, it was sucking the life energy out of his body and swallowing it. However, an instant as it appeared, it was gone. Penry described the sound he heard when the creature vanished as a swoosh with the creature gone. And Penry said he is, was no longer, when it disappeared, no longer was paralyzed, but he states that he has no further memory of the night. While the most likely answer to his experience is sleep paralysis, Penry disregards this idea, stating it wasn't a dream. It really happened. And the number one story about reptilian is judge turns into a reptile. Could you imagine going to court? <laughs> and all of a sudden the judge turned into a reptile. Oh my God. Anyway, while attending court for a traffic violation, an unnamed man claimed to have witnessed the judge turn into a reptilian right before his eyes. He stated that it was only a momentary change and that the face was only part of the judge he could see. Over a span of 10 seconds, the judge's face went from human to that of a reptile and back to human again. 
despite there being around 15 other people in the courtroom, nobody else appeared to notice this. The man made his report to MUFON, and his court case was subsequently rescheduled. However, when the new date arrived, a different judge was now presiding over his case. His attempts to contact the original judge were not met. There have been claims of underground networks of tunnels under the city of Los Angeles, where we talked about this earlier, was said to be the home of the lizard people. In 1934, Los Angeles Times ran a front-page story of the tunnels and the excavation (laughs) by Warren Schubert. Although the city of Los Angeles has given Schubert permission to proceed with the dig, shortly after the story ran, the project was shut down and the tunnels were sealed shut. Why do you think that is? So what do you guys think? Do you think reptilians, you know, either are still here or ran? Do you think they're the government? What do you think? What do you think about reptilians? Are they still around? Did they, do you think the Greek gods and everybody, you know, that they had shown with the crocodile head and everything? Do you think they roamed the actual planet? Do you think those gods and goddesses actually, you know, like Toth, Toth, whatever you want to, however you want to say his name, um, has a head of an ibis and the body of a human. Do you think those actually existed like that? So what do you guys think? Yeah? No? We're all just crazy? What? <laughs> I mean that in a joking way. I don't think anybody's crazy that has had these sightings. I think, you know, it's in between, you know, they know what they saw. They know what they saw. And it scared the hell out of them. That shit gets implanted. It might be a little fuzzy around the edges because when you're scared, that's what happens. But, you know, some could be misidentification. You don't know. I don't know, man. But let me tell you something. If I ever ran into one, I'd be scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. All right, guys. There you go. There you have the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please like, share, subscribe. All that good stuff. You know how it goes. All the links, all my links are down in the description below. Come join the Discord where we talk about this stuff all the time. It's open 24-7. There's chat rooms. You can talk, you know, type. Or we can talk on... Just discuss. Alright, guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed this show. And what are your thoughts on the reptilians? Are they still here? Are they going to take over the world? Alright, we'll talk to you next time. And remember... I love you guys. Be safe. Take care. Find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. Talk to you later.